you're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show, episode number... 61. Wow. I got it out. Fluid. I didn't, I, I didn't. I didn't realize you knew. I was just going <clears> to... <throat> I, I peeked I was, at the paper. I was testing you. I had to peek at the paper. Yeah? Say that 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I won't do that. Okay. So what are we going to talk about this week on the uh, Tactical Kitchen Show? We're going to talk about me, of course. Always, (laughs) right? Everybody knows we only talk about my stuff. We'll talk about about some of Melody's stuff, maybe some of my stuff, if I can get a word in here and there. We both got stuff, so we can talk about it. We do have stuff from the past week. I let you talk plenty. You do. I just cut you off. (laughs) There we go. All guys know they just got to work in that conversation wherever they can and then then listen. Just listen. And then life will be happy for you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Happy wife, happy life. Everybody knows that one, right? Is that the way it works? Yep, that is. Yeah, okay. Where's my new barbell then? Where's my new (laughs) barbell? It's coming. It's in the mail. I'm just kidding. New barbell is in the mail. I have tiny hands. We are going to get a new barbell. We got to go back. Uh, We went to go get one, and the the place where we went locally didn't have it. So, and they said, "What did they say? Two weeks. Two weeks. It's like a contractor with everything. If you've ever had any work done on your house, it's like, when will it be done? Two weeks. Two weeks. Car repair. Two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. So I need the. I can use the one we have. It's just the men's bar. It's 45 pound, 28 millimeter diameter. And I really would like to have the 35 pound women's bar that's 25 millimeter. Those three millimeters make like a big difference in my grip. So right now I have a strong grip because I have to use your bar. Right. And I would like to get a fatter bar. I'd get a bigger one. You just need the fat grips. Yeah. Someone send Steve fat grips. Yeah, I can try it out and see if it works. (laughs) Are we just asking? You guys are Santa Claus now. I need a bar and some fat grips. I do. I would like to have a fat grip dumbbell and bar for for lifting. We don't want anything from you guys. No. Just your attention. Just your attention. All right. So listen up, people. Here we go. Uh, It's been a crazy week. We had family in town. Well, we say family. They're They're, friends, but they're family. They're family. Um, So that kind of threw the end of our week, our weekend workouts off a little bit. But it was was no big deal. No. We worked it out. We still got in, like, I tried to do a double workout on Friday morning while they were still asleep. Did you work double, just doubled the fast, like really fast? Yeah. Well, I did my sprints, and then I came back and tried to do some... some weights and I was like yeah that doesn't work after sprints you can't do that that's why we separate our workouts that's why morning and afternoon so it made it really hard but we did get our workouts in we got we we got it done yep so that was fun having uh having you know people in town to hang out with so we did some extracurricular activities Uh, we got out of the house again I know on the weekend yeah on the weekend we went out of the house which normally we just work out and eat and lay around and then work out again I know and we had an occasion to actually put on clothes that weren't workout clothes yeah and I wore shoes that 
were not athletic shoes. Yeah, we went to an actual like wedding event where we had to put on clothes that that looked like we were normal humans. I know, and I put the picture like I I had some help. Well, a little help choosing the outfit because I already knew what I was going to wear. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just letting you guys feel like you were participating. But it ended up being great because it was an outdoor. It was what did, uh, our friend said. It was the most millennial wedding she'd ever been to because it was outdoor in the backyard, bohemian setting, like yep. with everybody sitting on the ground on pillows. Mm-hmm. And then they had cake, but they also had donuts, which we didn't eat any. And it was just really funny because it was very, very millennial. Oh, it was great. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was fun. So we got to get out and and actually talk to people and hang out and, you know. But there was some crazy stuff going on this week that I want to, like, slam my fist on. Yeah, we also have had a lot of crazy stuff. So crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, The one thing that Melody found earlier was there's a college in London that is banning beef. Banning hamburgers, which banning all beef. Yeah. So no beef for you right. if you go to school there. And they're doing this to save the environment. Uh, and I just have to say, how can smart people be so incredibly dumb? I, it's it's amazing. It, it's so... It, and this is really a wake-up call for people, I think. Anytime you see something like that in the media, you, you, you kind of go, okay, well, that's a university, but what's the next step? Exactly. Because they want to tax me. They want to call it a sin tax. We know that's been circulating around, you know, social media. So it's really time for some of us to get pretty vocal and serious. And and, and what we mean is we don't mean to get hysterical and, and freak out. We, we want you to have uh, – you have to have intelligent arguments. And that's what we do because – um, we I, think <laughs> I, I banter or argue or or you know fight with however you want to look at people online all the time that they'll say meat causes cancer or meat's bad for the environment or a whole food plant based diet is better and uh, you know what you don't want to do is you don't want to just come out of the gates you're an idiot you're so stupid because that's what people say to me and you know you'll, you'll <laughs> it say, doesn't work well people go you're just stupid well. That's a very intelligent argument. Thank you for participating. But however, you posted this study about how meat causes cancer, and here's why it's wrong. That's what you want to do. You don't want to just be, you're dumb, beat it. Right. So, you know, the whole meat causes cancer. You're going to die if you eat that. You're going to be unhealthy and sick and all these things. And it's also ruining the environment. These are all the things that we hear all the time. But one thing, and this is not to... I don't really know how to say this without it sounding like bragging, <laughs> but it, it's just a fact of what happened this weekend. We mm-hmm. did get out. We went out on Friday night, and then we met friends yesterday that we had not seen in probably since October. At least, yeah. At least. And the uh, one friend kept saying to us, you look so young. You look so good. I can't put my finger on it. What are you doing? So it kept going and going until finally, you know, you don't want to just monopolize and say and talk about diet. We always say we try not to talk about diet when oh we're with gosh. friends. We do, but we always talk about diet. We do because if somebody keeps saying, you look so good, you look so young, you're not aging, you look like you're getting younger, what's going on? As soon as you say that, it's over. You've just opened the door for me. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, you know, that, um, you know, 
this is what we're doing. This is how we eat. This is what we do. You can see everything we do on Instagram stories. Just if you want to know how easy it is, just follow us. And the first thing, there's two things that usually happen there. And I know you, you know this too. There's either like, oh, I think I want to try that. Or the other response is, I can't give up such and such. I can't or, do that. I can't give up all those things because I won't be able to live. Right. For for guys, it's usually, oh, chips and salsa. Or, man, you don't you don't even drink beer? Um, so those are the guy things. The girl things are usually... Wine? You don't drink any wine? You don't drink any wine, but or, wine is good for you. Or what about bread? You don't eat any bread? You don't have bread? <laughs> no, no bread. So I get it all the time. I'll tell people and I say, we just eat, eat meat. Oh, okay. And they'll say, okay. And then later on in the conversation, they'll go, wait, you don't eat vegetables? Right, and that's what I got yesterday, no, too. No, no, I, I don't eat fruit or vegetables. Oh, wow. Well, early on the conversation, I said I only eat animal proteins and meat. Right. That excludes vegetables and fruit. So. Well, and then yesterday, um, I think the, the next step was when we said we don't eat da- You know, you have to specify. We're on our fifth week now of no dairy. Mm-hmm. So I said, we, you know, we cut out all dairy. What? <laughs> You don't eat any cheese or... You did what? Yeah, so that's always a big deal. But at the same time, someone look... When you're leading, trying to lead by example, and it, you don't realize, I guess, that it's working like it is until you run into someone you haven't seen in a while, and they have the response that we've gotten this weekend of like, oh my gosh, y'all look so young. Y'all look... Your skin looks amazing and all those things. That you go, okay, so what we're doing is working. Right. And this isn't, <laughs> and I don't want to, don't want to brag. I don't want to seem like, oh, we, we look so awesome because I think, I, I don't think I do. And that's just not how I view myself. So, um, but we have this all the time. We'll go out on the weekend to somewhere and people, strangers will ask us, are you guys bodybuilders? We've had this happen like three times recently where complete strangers walk up to us and go, are y'all bodybuilders? <laughs> And I'm like, no. And I'm like, okay, this is funny for me. Not even close. I had a string of, I was in, I was traveling and I was coming back. uh, And uh, in the lobby, the person I checked out with, uh, the, you know, at the desk asked me if I was a bodybuilder. I got in my, got in my Uber and the Uber guy asked me if I was in town for the bodybuilder competition, (laughs) which I didn't know was happening. And I was like, no, not at all, dude. And then when I got to the airport, I went through security, and the security guy stopped me, which I thought was to frisk me. And he said, and he stopped me and goes, hey, man, I need to know what you do because you are the most fit old dude to ever walk through here. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a backhanded compliment. But, hey, here's what I do. <laughs> but I'll take it. So it, it is funny because I've ne- that, it's funny that it happens to me because I've never been like – confused with a bodybuilder before so that's new to me and it just goes to show that you can change your body composition no matter what stage of life you're in you don't have to think oh it's too late if you're over 40 because you can absolutely start changing your body composition and start being confused with a bodybuilder which is super weird for me yeah, but well, I enjoy it, <laughs> and, and I never saw myself as a really uh, in shape guy because I spent my entire career around really in shape people constantly, and they were all almost always in better shape than I was, and they looked better, and and you know, and a lot of them are still that way. Even you know, I'm almost fifty, so most of the guys that I, that I associate with are about the same age, and they're all still in shape. So to me, it's normal to be in shape and look like you're in shape. Well, and you know, a lot of times when people well. 
ask us or say that, you know, we look a certain way, we look great or whatever they say, which is really sweet and we appreciate the compliments. Oh, absolutely. But then when you tell them what you do, a lot of times in the back of their mind, they're thinking that's so unhealthy. And you know that, (laughs) you know that they're thinking eating just meat is really unhealthy, but it's confusing for the person because they're looking at you and they're seeing something that looks super healthy, Mm -hmm. but then they're equating the diet that you eat, and they're thinking, oh, my God, they're going to die. They're going to die. So and, you don't know yeah. what's going on on the inside. On the inside. And we get that sometimes from people. And and that's just not true because you can absolutely know what's going on the on the inside by multiple different ways. You can get a, a calcium test to see if you have any plaque in your arteries. You can get your C-reactor protein tested to see how your body's reacting. You can get your homocysteine levels tested. So you can test markers of inflammation in the body to see if anything is is going wrong that you don't notice. Right. You can get DEXA scans to see how much visceral fat you have. You know, all those different things where, you know, you don't want... You can be really skinny and have a lot of fat on the inside. You can be toffee. Yes, those toffee people. Then on the outside, fat on the inside. And there's a lot of kids like that. There is. But we don't want, you know... We don't, we don't want to confuse skinny with healthy ever because there's a lot of skinny people who really put pride in being thin who are very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that you, you got to look at all the, all the different criteria for what is health. Right. So, and that just kind of goes to what we try to do, be, be the change you want to see. Like we, you know, we, we do what we do because it makes us feel good. Uh, we believe in it. We believe it makes us healthy, and, and so and and that's what we do. And so we're we're trying to be the change we want to see. So all this other stuff about colleges banning beef or not selling you know meat to kids and and all these uh, corporations having meatless Mondays it it's baffling because we know they're on the wrong track. Yeah, it's very um, it's very disturbing it for society in the future. To have all these kids who are being literally, because kids go to college and they become brainwashed by certain things. There's there's a lot of brainwashing going on in college. That's a very influential stage. So when you have and, an, and you have professors telling you things, you take it like you know that that's what it is. They're an authority, right. and then if you take away their most nutrient dense foods and feed them a bunch of plants and carbs, now they're going to be super influential. You know, influence and. I don't even have the word. <laughs> so they're going to be easily influenced. That's what I'm trying to say. Correct. I'm just all high-strung about I'm all, this whole thing. I'm all flustered about this I thing. I am. I'm, it really is upsetting because we've had kids in college, and you know, and I read through some comments today. Like One parent was saying that their child in college can't get a full beef hamburger. It's like half mushroom, half beef. And I just think, what... Either if you're doing it for cost efficiency in a restaurant setting or whatever, I, I understand that because I was in that industry. Yep. But if you're doing it for the environment, where are the mushrooms coming from? Because you got to go back to that. There's a bunch of like <laughs> talk about, oh, this is for the environment, but you're feeding some kids some blueberries from Serbia. I don't know how those got here, but it's probably by airplane or ship. Right. Your and avocados came from Mexico, your almonds from California, you know, yeah. everything comes from somewhere else, especially if you live in the middle of the United States. Right. Because, uh, you know, they don't grow a lot of that stuff in the U.S. We, we grow, you know, like 65% of our agriculture is corn and soy, which nobody listening to this podcast wants to eat. 
No. So that causes a problem. But all that stuff, it's it's fear-mongering and scare tactics. And this is what I get. The first thing if I tell somebody online that I don't, you know, I don't eat vegetables or fruit, I only eat meat, I usually get like four or five blasts of all these weird statistics that they draw from the, the vegan propaganda machine that they throw out there. And then they throw out the studies that I've already read and know exactly why they're poor science. And, and it doesn't matter what I say after that, it's over. Like, they are, they are hysterical. They're in, they're in a frenzy and they can't stop. And that's, that is very typical of somebody who eats a plant-based diet. They can't control. They're very emotional. Right. And, you know, and we go back to something that Dr. Barry said on the last podcast we had with him and Nisha is that really most of the United States is on a plant-based diet because most of the food that people consume throughout the day is plant-based because they're on a high-carb diet, and that high-carb diet obviously is all plant-based. Your breads, your pastas, your cookies, your crackers, all these different things that people might not think, well, I'm on a plant-based diet. Well, they actually are because that's all flour, grain-based mm-hmm. foods, even if they don't eat any vegetables. They're on a, they're they're on a still... very poor standard American diet, yeah. which is cereal for breakfast. You're going to have a sandwich for lunch, and then you're going to have hopefully a small serving of meat with a bunch of vegetables and uh, some rice or some, you know, pasta thrown in there to make you feel like you're full. Right. And so, you know, that kind of goes, takes me to when we went to eat with some friends and we didn't eat. Um, When we went to eat with these friends, we just were able to sit there and not have any food and enjoy the conversation and just have a cup of coffee and um, I looked at the menu, and one of the very first things on the menu was this Fruity Pebbles cookie pie. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe and it. And I was like, wow. I mean, you want to talk? This is what's wrong with us, you know, as, as just a society. And I get it. People want to celebrate, and they use it for that. And that's what we've been really talking to people when they ask us about our diet. We talk about separate. I talk to people now about separating the love of food from the love of being healthy mm-hmm. because they're two separate things. They're, they're completely separate well, and you and, have to do that. Right. And the, and the issue is, is when you're, when you're a kid, most of the sweets and treats you get are re- rewards for good behavior. Exactly. So as when you age and you get out of the house and if you're feeling lonely or you're sad or you're just a little under the weather, what most people do is they reach for those treats from childhood, whether it's ice cream, a candy bar, a snow cone, Whatever it is, you know, a cake pop that your parent got you just as a fun treat, they reach for those to try and find those good feelings that they that they felt when they were a kid. And what they're doing is they're just making themselves worse. And they can't, like you said, they can't separate food from emotion. Mm-mm. Because you connect all those feelings with how you feel when you ate that food. Because that person gave you a cookie... And you felt you felt that person's love, and you associate that love with the cookie, and now the cookie is love, and that's where people get tied up in what you might call food addiction, or mm-hmm. you know, some things like that. Which we don't we don't really want to hit on all that today. That's a whole ball of wax on its own. But you do have to start really separating the the love of the food from the love of being healthy because. You know, we hear it so often, like, well, I just love chips and salsa. Well, you're also telling me that you're you're sick, 
you're on these medications, you have to go to the doctor often. So now we got to separate the love of the chips from the love of you want better health. Right. How, what, what do you want more? And that's where people have to get to. What do you want more? That's when you guys to get serious, bro. Yeah. And, and that's where we're at with our, our whole dairy thing that we took out. My joints feel amazing. And I ran this morning. I ran a solid five miles. No joint pain. Uh, I don't feel joint pain afterwards. And again, I got osteoarthritis in my knee. It, I, I've been told I needed a total knee replacement. However, I can go out and run five miles and not feel any pain. So, And that happened after I gave up dairy. So am I willing to go eat some ice cream or have a milkshake or you know, even uh, eat some cheese? No, I'm not because... Like we always say, none of that food tastes as good as healthy feels. And my goals are to, I like to run. It's fun. It, it really purges uh, a lot of the stress. Mm-hmm. Like I feel less stress after I finish a good run. Nothing, nothing stresses me out. Right. I don't even stress you out. <laughs> no, the dog doesn't stress you out. That's more like it. The dog well, doesn't well, stress you like, out. <laughs> if, if sometimes, and, and I know people can identify with this, if you if you make a comment, like I do this all the time, people will say, they'll talk about anxiety or depression or a whole food plant-based diet, and I'll post something against what they have to say. Or adding, sometimes it's just adding information to the conversation, and they will launch on me. Oh yeah. Call you stupid and you're dumb and you're an and you're an asshole, all this kind of stuff. And oftentimes I feel the need to immediately respond. And that that need right there to immediately respond is is some type of, uh, you know, it's like I'm being attacked. So you got that anxiety or stress that you need to respond. Like I don't I don't feel that when I'm working out a lot and I've been able to do the physical things that I want to do. I don't have that additional stress. I cannot respond to anybody at all, and it doesn't bother me. I think those are called the endorphins. They make you endorphins, feel good. Yes. They make you happy, and you know, and that serotonin boost, all the different things that happen within exercise when you're able to do it. And so, it's really important for us to be able to keep doing that kind of stuff. And you know, I told you this morning, I don't want to go backwards anymore. I've done it where I've, I've, you know, I've been just like all you guys, any of you listening, where. You go forward a little bit, and then maybe you take a few steps back, and then when you start the that thing again, whether, like for me, it's always running. It's always like I quit in the winter, and then when I come back to the next spring, it's like starting completely over, because it is starting completely over. <laughs> it basically and is, And yeah. we do that with our diet. We do that with our exercise, and I'm really tired at 47 of starting over, so I don't want to do that anymore. So I don't want to add anything back into my life, like dairy or anything like that, that's going to cause me to go backwards where I have to feel that start over again. Mm-hmm. So, you you know, when you get to that place mentally where you're like, you really believe and you really sink into the nothing tastes as good as healthy feels, then then you can make those decisions with with some authority for yourself. You know, you can stick to it. You have that stickability that we like to talk about. Well, and, and you bring up a, a good point because we make mistakes. It's not like we are oblivious from doing that. And <laughs> no, we, we kind of made a mistake over the weekend. And again, this goes back to when you have uh, family in town, which most often happens during the holidays, and you get, get kind of out of your rhythm. So uh, we had the wedding to go to, and of course we wanted to work out, and of course we wanted to drink some coffee because we like it. Um, and so throughout the day, like I made a couple of mistakes that led to 
not feeling well after dinner. And that threw me completely for a loop. Right. So this is kind of an important thing because we have a lot of people when we do talk about the carnivore diet, they'll say, oh, I can't eat meat. I don't feel good after I eat meat. So let me break it down for you what happened. On Saturday, we ended up eating at weird times and we needed to eat dinner like at about four o'clock. So we had some coffee. We had uh, at, at like one Then we drank, immediately after that, we drank some sparkling mineral water because it's hot outside and it sounded refreshing. Yeah, it was just hot. So we were just kind of throwing a mineral mineral water in there just because. Yeah, and it was carbonated mineral water. So here are two things. Coffee and carbonated anything will raise the pH level of your stomach and interfere with your stomach acid production. So not long after that mineral water was completed, we, um, I ended up making a couple of steaks, and we ate those. They were really pretty good-sized New York strips, mm-hmm. and both of us had like a rumbly stomach afterwards. And you mentioned that you didn't feel very good. I just didn't feel well. Like I didn't, couldn't put my finger on what it was, but I didn't feel well. Like I just got that all of a sudden my body just kind of went... And... I, yeah. just, I just wanted to lay down and not move much. Right. And mine was kind of like, I knew it was my stomach. And I was like, what's, was that bad meat? No, it couldn't be. Well, and, so but we that's what of, people will do. They'll go directly to, oh, I just ate meat. That's, it was bad meat. That meat did that to me. Right. And so I was like, retrace it. I was like, oh, duh. We had coffee, black coffee, and then a sparkling mineral, mineral water. So we raised the pH level of our stomach. We ate, threw in a whole bunch of protein in there and then expected it to digest well. Right. So, however, luckily, Melody figured this out when I was saying, because we were, we were getting ready to go to the wedding. I was like, I don't know if I even want to go because I don't feel like I want to be around people right now. So she suggested that we just add in some HCL. Yeah, so we had really just finished eating, and both of us were like, oh, I don't feel that great. So we took a couple of hydrochloric acid supplements that I keep on hand just in case of that, and it brings that pH level of your stomach back down to that acidic level that it needs to be to break down proteins so that you feel better. And so it starts. you start breaking down your proteins, and all of a sudden, what? You feel fine. Within, within 30 minutes, I felt just like normal. So if anyone who's on a carnivore diet ever experiences something like that, you might just look back at what you drank Mm -hmm. before you ate or what you did maybe. Well, this goes to the reason that some people, when they talk about how they can't eat meat and you have to look at them, you know, from a a broader picture to see what they've been doing for their entire life. Because a lot of people, they, they don't feel well when they eat meat because they've already destroyed their stomach's ability to break down proteins. Yeah, they've been on like a, a proton pump inhibitor, like, or they, you know, they've taken a lot of antacids over the years, mm-hmm. or a lot of different medications that, and, and they eat a lot of food that lowers their that lowers their their, their stomach acid. Yeah, or well, it raises the raises pH, the pH balance. level. When I yeah. when I say lower stomach acid, I mean it makes it not appropriate. Like your stomach acid <laughs> is low. It's a confusing topic because right because the pH scale is like. Low is good, high is bad for your stomach. Right. So it's, it's one of those things. We just want to say the stomach acid is inadequate. Right. So, you know, seven is neutral on the scale. Your stomach should be around 1.5 to 3 is the range it's supposed to be in. And like Melody said, a lot of the things people do 
they, they mess up their stomach acid. They make it not able to break down proteins well. And that will make you not feel well. And then, now you have all those unbroken down proteins get into your system. And that's what causes autoimmune diseases and allergies and all uh, a cascade of things. Right. And, you know, and that's always the thing when people will say, well, you know, I have allergies. Um, my, my mom had allergies, so I have allergies. No, your mom ate a diet that created allergies and then taught you to eat that diet that right. created allergies. Allergies are not something that are inherited genetically. Right. They're not. They're inherited dietarily. It's the same thing with, with people that say that diabetes runs in my family. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. Bad. High glucose and poor diet run in your family. That's true. So... Anyway, and I've gotten to where now, like, when when I understand how proteins are broke down, broken down, I don't expect that everybody understands that. I feel like it should be, like, human uh, education 101 to understand your body, but we don't really do that. We have health classes and, you know, in school and people kind of curse. Or it's kind of a cursory thing and kids don't remember. But, you know, it's one of those things we should know how our body works we know how our car works, our computer works, but you know, oftentimes people don't know how their body works. When you can tell someone, yeah, you have allergies because you're not breaking down proteins and you can explain it to them, then they kind of feel like they have some ownership of how they can make themselves better. But you also have those people that they get angry because now they're responsible. Right. A lot of times what and, the, and how I make people angry online is I will pray, place the responsibility of what they're dealing with on them. People hate that. They do not like it whatsoever. <laughs> no, they and, don't like it. And I do it in person too. If somebody comes to me and they have a problem, I immediately tell them that it's their problem. You have to take responsibility to fix this because you did it. And when you tell somebody that's a type 2 diabetic that you did this to yourself, they don't like it. No. But, however, I do, I'm a prior military guy. I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm not afraid to say that, that what I think is the truth. Um, I can be wrong, so sometimes that causes problems. But, hey, whatever, you know. <laughs> You're learning. I'm, I'm, I'm learning just like everybody else. Living and learning. Yep, live and learn, and, I, and, and you deal with that. But people don't like always to take responsibility for their actions, and that's, that's pretty normal. Right. Um, but, however, don't be afraid to do that. And this goes back to what we were saying is like, to, for everyone listening to be be a little more boisterous about uh, your what you do your your diet um, and how you feel and how your body's changed and how healthy you are uh, because we have to get that word out there and make sure that everybody knows uh, if you have a question about uh, you know about beef and the environment go back and listen to Peter Ballasted when we talk to him yeah I mean there's so much information online now about the whole global warming issue with cows number one i always wonder what they think is going to happen to the cows like if they stop selling beef where do they think the cows are going to go i don't don't know and why are they not talking about their car we're gonna have to put them in cow homes i guess it's great you you know when you talk about uh you know i I don't believe we should pollute the environment i'm not a big climate change global warming uh you know person i think a lot of that is is, again fear-mongering and scare tactics but I, but I also believe we're polluting the crap out of the earth, and I don't, I don't like it. No. But so when you go to uh, talking about the climate, you got to address cars, okay? That's like the number one thing that you got to talk about, cars. And then those, those universities, are they banning sugary drinks and soda and all of that? Because that's horrible for the environment 
uh, that people live Those in. Those monocrops of the corn and because you know corn, that's where they're getting the high fructose corn syrup to put in to the sugary drinks. Did you call it high fructose corn syrup? I did, and I will continue to call it high fructose corn syrup. And that's another piece of news that <laughs> you guys might be interested in if you haven't seen this. Right. So there, this is this is what the sugar industry does to to continue to make their billions of dollars. Is they're they're changing the name of high fructose corn syrup to natural sweetener, and so that's going to be really important for all of us who are label readers. Now, keto and carnivore people, we don't really have to worry about it too much, um, unless you start buying some dried meats or sausages. Sometimes they use high fructose corn syrup in some of those products, so you have to be careful there. But you might not see high fructose corn syrup on the label anymore. You might actually start seeing natural. Sweetener. And I've seen this because people will, they, they send us labels all the time and they'll be like, what's the natural sweetener in this? And I'm like, I have no idea. That, like, like that's a total ambiguous term that you can't put a finger on. And it's just like when they start labeling things organic. Yeah. Like that's a very, you know, like nebulous term that could mean a lot of different things. And just because it's organic doesn't mean it's healthy. No, and, and labels can, they're going to do whatever they can to get the stuff out onto the shelf and into the consumer's hand. So if you're afraid of high fructose corn syrup, they're going to now call it natural sweetener so you can feel okay right. about it. You know what? You know what I was thinking? I'm always I'm always trying to think of ways to make extra cash. So this is a good one. I'm going to uh, – I collect a lot of dog poop. <clears throat> it's, a, it's outside all the time, my dog poop. So I collect a lot of dog poop. I'm going to label it organic, uh-huh. and then I'm going to put natural sweetener on it because – Neither one of those, I think, are a lie. No, have you tasted? <laughs> I'm confused on the sweetness factor of the dog poop. Hey, but hey, I'm not lying. Okay, he's it's a organic. Sweet dog. It's a, he's a sweet dog. So he's it's naturally sweet. He's a sweet sweetened. dog, so it's naturally sweet. Anyway, that was a joke. Wasn't yeah, a very good it was one. a good joke. I no, laughed on the inside. It wasn't. I need to rewrite that one and come up with something okay, different. Okay, we're gonna rewrite. I need to rehearse my material. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so be wary of the natural sweetener label. It's not uh, not always what you think. No, that's and that's a scary one because labels. That's why you know <laughs> when somebody says, "Hey, I need you to write me a menu so I can do this." Yesterday, my response was, "All right, here it is: meat, water, and salt. That's pretty much all you got to know." You know, that's pretty much, that covers it. If it came from an animal and it's not the dairy portion, you can eat it. Now, again, that's not hard. What she said is not hard. What's hard is giving up all the things that you're attached to. That's the hard part. I know, because people want color on the plate. And I get it. I, I did plating of food for a very long time as a chef, and you want the plate. There's a certain way you plate food, and we won't go into that. But... When you look at your plate and it's a big steak and there's no color, other colors on there, people wig out. They're like, they're fine with the steak, but there needs to be other stuff. I need to see other things. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a little bit of, that's just a brain game. You, you, you're just connected to having to have a lot of choices. And you take that away. Life becomes more simple. We can go into the store, buy our food. We don't have to worry about labels. It's amazing. So how do you get someone to, you know, take that leap to kind of go and, and do uh, a keto or, or a carnivore type diet? And Melody had a great, great way to frame it. You know, instead of saying, uh, usually I tell people, hey, man, just just take the challenge. Just do a two-week challenge. 
So she reframed it as, hey, why don't you take two weeks and invest in yourself? I learned that from being a banker. (laughs) So when I had to sell accounts for Wells Fargo, um, you know, you learn all that language that helps people to frame it in a positive way. And if you invest in yourself, it's different than giving up something because that's negative. And so now when we talk to people, we do, we, we want them to invest in their health and and find the benefits and all those things. So that's maybe a tool that may, maybe someone out there can use if you're talking to someone in your life who's interested and you want to keep it positive because it is very positive. There's like literally nothing I've found that I wouldn't recommend a carnivore diet to someone for. Yeah. To, to help them. And I've tried. I've tried to, like, I, I'm, I'm trying to make it, like, make it where I find something that it won't work for because it just seems so simple. It's ridiculous. I know. And, and the one thing I also, we also encounter is when we're talking to people about whether they have a health issue, you know, like their joints hurt or they've got mental fog or they're just not feeling well, they're always trying to add something to their diet. They're always trying to, let's add omega-3s or let's, let's add turmeric or curcumin or maybe let's add some CBD oil or, or what about adding exogenous ketones? They're always trying to add things, and what we tell people is if, you, if you're eating a certain way and you have health issues, you probably want to subtract something mm-hmm. because it's what you're eating that is causing the problem. So adding more, not always, is going to fix it. Well, yeah, and pretty much just saying that we want you to add the most nutrient-dense foods so that you can feel the benefit of these things before we tackle another supplement or right. dietary um, whatever, you know. There's tons. Of, there, there is thousands and thousands of things you can add to your diet. We get, we get so many messages like, what about this thing that I can start taking to help me to be healthier? And I'm like, well, how about you just take out the dairy first? Exactly. Just take this out. Because we, we work out. Most times, twice a day, so that takes a lot, a lot of energy. Uh, we don't take extra protein. Like I don't do protein drinks. I know every once in a while, some sometimes you'll take a little extra. I'll, I'll do it every once in a while in case uh, I am just not hungry. The heat makes it difficult for me to eat sometimes right. as much as I need to. And so after a long run in the heat, like today, it was like ninety degrees and seventy percent humidity while we were running. It was horrible, but. I did it. I just kind of kind of dampens my hunger signals a little bit mm-hmm. when I'm that hot. So maybe if I didn't didn't get to eat enough, I'll do a scoop of unflavored whey isolate protein. So the, the most common ones that people will ask, especially me about for working out, is do I take BCAAs? Uh, what kind of pre workout do I take? And how much? Uh, what, what kind of protein drinks? I, I don't use any of those. So no pre workouts. No no branch chain amino acids. No extra proteins. And I don't have a problem building muscle and having the energy to work out. Now, I think that the most interesting thing that I have found, and I know we've talked about this before, and we haven't been doing our Fitness Friday the last couple of weeks, and so we'll get back into that. Just want to test it out. So that might be coming. But I'm going to go ahead and say that Friday I did my sprints. I had 10 sprints. I actually ended up doing, I did 12 and all at 22 and 23 seconds, for me, that's fast. And no carbs. I don't have to have carbs to do that. I don't need the carbs for the explosiveness 
and everyone will tell you that you have to have it. And then I, I could have still worked out in the afternoon, but we couldn't because of our company. But I felt like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I absolutely had the energy to do it. And that's the been the biggest thing to me is that we've taken out all, I mean, all carbs. And I have all the energy that I need for two workouts a day. And they're not easy workouts, no. generally. No, so you, you don't need carbs to work out. You don't. 100%, no. It's the only, you know, macronutrient that you can absolutely 100% never eat and still thrive. Yeah. So, you know, I, I tell people that all the time. They're like, What? What do you mean? <laughs> you have to have carbs. All right. So to sum it up, we feel like, uh, you know, eating carnivore is like reverse aging. I, you know, I, I guess you see yourself every day, right? You see yourself in the mirror every day. Unfortunately, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't notice the subtle changes that might be happening with a certain dietary way that you're eating. And this goes both ways. If somebody's eating a really crappy diet... Right. And drinking a lot of alcohol and doing all the things that kind of age you, high sugar, high carb, you know, high alcohol volume, volume of alcohol, and not staying hydrated, all these things, they're going to look older. They just are. Lifestyle has a lot to do with this, too. You know, the working out and what you're doing, putting in your mouth, and then how you're living your life. Mm-hmm. So... When you see yourself every day, you don't notice the subtle changes, good or bad. So it was a little bit validating, I'll just say it, to have someone be that like, whoa, what are you doing? Because it's hard to know if what you're doing is working. You feel good and you think it is, and you don't really know. But when you have that kind of reaction from someone, then you really are like, wow, it must be doing something that I'm not noticing. Yeah, so when you feel great, it's great to get that outside kind of confirmer of, well, I, clearly I clearly I look awesome. I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the most interesting man in the world. Steve walked around all weekend going, I'm ridiculously good looking. <laughs> Just kidding. And you are. All right, well, I think that's a great place to stop is me being ridiculously good looking. Um, so, hey, uh, you got anything else? No, we didn't have any reviews. So you guys get on that. <laughs> Yeah. Get on those reviews. You can see everything that we're doing. I post so much crap on Instagram stories. And thank you all for following us on there and kind of being a part of our life. Yep. So you can hang out with us there. And any questions you have, you can just send through Instagram. I'm on there several times a day. Yeah, and if there's anything you want to see that we're not showing, then just give us suggestions and we'll we'll throw that out We have a line. That we're drawing <laughs> on that, though. So, just kidding. Um, but seriously. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate all you guys listening. We hope you have a great day. Go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to dtkquestions at gmail.com. And visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.